I was looking at a bunch of waltz, and there are some waltz that have like <laughs> they have like built-in chargers. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's nice. Please, I love that. My only issue is it seems a bit thick for my butt. So this is thick, but it's not as thick as my other. What was that? Was. <laughs> Please, uh, Tanner likes it. What was that? Short again? and narrow. It could be. Just likes to slide right in between the cheeks. Well, Tim's the... old wallet was unreasonably thick. Yeah. It was like George yeah. Costanza's wallet. And so the fact that he was able to get it down to that alone it amazes me. But I think yours would be thinner than that. I got a new wallet for Christmas. Oh. I used to rock the. Uh, it's was it the trifold where like it just kind of. It yeah. folds over twice, although wouldn't that just be a bifold if it only folds twice? No, because it's got three no. sections. Yeah, it has the three sections. Yeah, so it'd be so trifold. That's what I was rocking, and then it was getting too thick. So then Hannah got me one of those, and it's been so much better. I've been wanting the this one. This one? Yeah. Right I've been wanting one that... Like that. Money clip. Oh, yeah. Dude, I love the money clip. I've been wanting one that Tim has, but the wallet I have right now was given to me by my fiance like four years ago so now i have has sentimental value well, you're supposed to buy a, well, a yeah, new wallet every four years get you a new one, <laughs> exactly you know that's what i should do get me a new one so i feel less bad about getting rid of this older one you can have all the everything inside just kidding well let's not beat around the bush shall we uh shall we dive in this cinematic stick it's been a while so wait how are we so are we starting with 2010 yep and then tim just, not in the intro <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know we we're doing the intro right we're doing now. it right 20, now 2012 right we're doing it live all right um well Let's go ahead and do this thing <laughs> all right on today's episode of cinematic we're gonna be doing a top 10 episode and uh, it's going to be a multiple of top 10. It's not going to be just your standard top 10 of 2019. Though we're going to have that, we're also going to be doing our top 10 of the decade, year by year. So what that means is we're going to do top movie of 2010, top movie of 2011, top movie of 2012, and go down the list and share our favorites. So buckle up. You're in for a fun ride here on the Cinemaxic Podcast, and it's time to dive in to all of these top 10 lists. This is Cinemaxic. Why didn't you just explain it as the top movie from the past 10 years instead of saying the top 10? You know what? I'm tired. I just got a new puppy and uh, I don't, I'm not thinking straight. I, before you settled on this, I put together my top 20 of the past, of the decade, from any year. Mm -hmm. Very nice list, I think. Yeah. I like my, I like my list. <laughs> I wish I could have gotten to Which year had the most it. movies coming from it? Ooh, well, like I was saying, um, we were kind of talking before you got here, Max. Like is, is, there some, is there some sort of VIX in the air or something? I'm getting some sort of vapor, I feel like, when I'm breathing in right now. You've got the vapors? I'm getting some vapors. And it's making my throat tingly. I've got a bunch of cough drops in my room. I have Vicks and Phoenix. I'm not sure what's going on over there, man. I'm not sure. 
maybe I've just been running my humidifier too much in my apartment, in my, my apartment, my house. Yep, it's definitely a house. And uh, sorry, sorry, Tanner, go ahead. I think Max your is losing it. We were talking. Maybe this would be an interesting uh, discussion topic for next episode or the episode after that. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll decide what we talk about on the episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me finish talking. Um, which year of the best decade was? Shut the fuck up, <laughs> dude! I'm dying. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> coughing? God, I don't know what is going on. Like, from, some sort of weird. Like, this is vapor. radio, Max. <laughs> Tanner's trying to talk. Max coughs, snorts his snot, tries to hawk a loogie, sneezes. Which year was? Finish your thought. I'm which, sorry. Which year was the best uh, for film in the past ten years? That is a good discussion topic, and I like that idea. Maybe we could do that as uh, the decade award. I'm <laughs> <laughs> about. Maybe we could do that as the decade award in the, uh, during the Cinemaxies. The, the deckies. The deckies. The deckies. We can only do it once every ten years, That's and right. we'll all be dead before the next one. So. Global warming. It's a thing. This may be our World last World podcast. What's going to get us first? You World know what War someone III keeps you know funny? global warming. Someone like all those jokes about World War Three, and I, and everyone was saying it in jest, but there seemed to be some people who were genuinely concerned, and I I was laughing. Oh, yeah. I go, it's like, dude, if we get to the point where you're getting drafted for World War Three, the least of your concerns is getting drafted for World War Three because we are truly fucked if you're getting drafted for World War Three. Yeah. Also, I made a <laughs> I made a point in the New Year. I was like, I'm going to try and curse less on my podcast. And I'm off to a bad start. Yeah, fuck a that. Shitty start. <laughs> mom, <laughs> we're doing okay. This My is mom tried to be a nightmare <clears throat> for Jordan. Hey, you know you can. You know you can mute your microphone. Right? <laughs> I could. I could mute it. I could just. <laughs> it is. Pop that off. Let's do that. Pop it back on. Um, oh, mama. If you ever notice Max with his mic turned off, don't tell him. Um, no. Yeah, just let it roll. <laughs> like, this like is that a, one a surprise Cinemaxless. <laughs> surprise <laughs> surprise uh, because he had no idea it was going to be a Cinemaxless as we recorded this. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, mom tried. Mom and my sister were listening to the podcast uh, the yeah. other day and they go, wow, you sound really good and everything. And I was like, yeah, don't listen too far. You're going to start hearing jokes about Kylo Ren hanging dong and stuff like that. And I don't want my mom to hear that. So I'm trying to clean it up, clean up my act in 2020 a little bit. And uh, no you're, promises. You're, but you're a grown adult fan. boy. You can say yeah. whatever you want. That's true. And I'm probably going to continue to do the that. The heart wants what the heart wants. Kylo Ren hanged wants dong. to curse and hang dong. <laughs> Can't say Kylo Ren anymore. Ben Solo wants to hang dong. Spoiler. Can't say Ben. Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't know how this podcast Maybe started. Maybe he's got the better dong, Kylo or Ben. <laughs> at least that. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, he's at least got... You'd think the light side has a little more girth. <laughs> Do you think if your dark side... Yeah, like, the dark side's a little rough around the edges. Well, yeah. you, I imagine like you're probably more stressed out or cold. Which might affect. Yeah, I feel like dark side people really like cold. They're areas. chilly because yeah. they always bundle up. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, he's wearing at least six layers. That, yeah. Ben Solo is in like a breezy tee. His loungewear. Yeah. yeah. That was the funniest thing about that scene, by the way, was what he. I, I literally saw his costume and I leaned over to Tim and I said, "Kylo Ren, fresh out of the old navy, long sleeve <laughs> tee sale." Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I recently got a new puppy. Uh, about. Actually, a week ago today, got a new puppy. 
Well, happy one week anniversary. And he's a great dog, but man, um, no one could have prepared me for the amount of work that goes into a puppy. I never realized it. Uh, he's six months old too. Um, so he's he, a lot of the hard work's already done with him. He's pretty much house trained. Uh, and he, he's pretty good at or at his tricks. He's very food motivated, mm. very sweet, loving dog. But, the dog can vacuum now. But he still needs, you know, training and stuff mm-hmm. uh, to to be a good boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been nothing short of exhausting. I I have been waking up <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning to him crying in his cage, kennel, and we. Uh, Sorry, the cage sound. Cage sounds I hear him so crying much more from violent. the basement, chained yeah. up against the wall. <laughs> Shut up, dog! <laughs> Try to sleep. Uh, but um, you know, we're we're trying to break him in with tough love mm. because he's been with his litter mates for six months. He's had been at least with two of his other litter mates for six months. And for the past three months, he's been with his foster mom. And she let him do whatever. And she was great. She's super, super great. Yeah. But she lets her, she's, as she said, she like, I let my dogs just kind of run the house. So he slept on the bed with her. He would get up on the couch whenever he wanted. Uh, he didn't really get crated. Uh, so we're playing tough love. And we're basically saying no bed. You can't get on the couch unless you're invited. And you're going to be crated at night and during the day. So we got to do this. And he... He's been crying sometimes, uh, not very much. I mean, he he usually gets through the night, but at five thirty he starts kind of whining and crying, and we have mm-hmm. to go. We go let him out around six ish. I can hear him from my house. Two nights ago, he woke us up at one thirty in the morning crying, and uh, he yep, he cried for that. about forty five minutes until he finally stopped. We were able to get back to bed, but last night, guys, we slept all through the night and he did too and i woke up at 7 30 or 7 o'clock when my alarm sounded and i slept like a brick because i've been that tired oh you're just a proud father i'm so proud of him have i shown you a picture of Obi? So we were oh, playing, no, you saw Obi. We were playing yeah. xbox a few nights ago and i just hear max go what are you doing and his microphone headset falls oh, off i didn't sound violent like that i said Obi, no 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 i didn't like what are you doing <laughs> Smack him. That's a dog just, crying. He just, noise. he just pissed all over Max's. No, he room. was he he got let in by Paige because she had a shower, and then uh, he peed in my room about like four seconds into being in my room. Nice. And I was like, oh, Obi. So as always, I'm your host Max Liedem at Max Fozzie of the uh, Cinemaxic Podcast. Here, it's our first podcast of 2020. Thank you for uh, hanging in there with us as we took a nice, well-deserved two-week vacation from our uh, strenuous podcast schedule. It's a lot of work, but it's It's, worth it. Let me tell you, blood, sweat, and tears are poured into this bad boy every day. And, uh, you know, we came back refreshed, rejuvenated, and uh, ready to keep thinking about maybe doing a third episode of The Common Room. I am joined, as always, by my my co-host here, Tanner Rush, uh, on on the mic to my right. Hello. There he is. And Tim Reichmith on the mic to my left at Tim Trist. Bonjour. And uh, Jordan Katz are down there on the floor. He's uh, moderating this uh, podcast, and uh, he has his mic, and he's, uh, he's a happy boy over there. He's got the he's got the look right now. He's ready. I'm ready. shaking off a little rust of uh, of uh, you know running a, of hosting a podcast. I can tell you that much. Uh, need to get back in the flow of things, and I'm still a little sick with my sinus infection. So couldn't uh, tell. Apologize for the sound of my voice. And uh, also, again, I have a puppy who keeps me up most of the day. And 
You mean most of the night? Most of the night, too. Dude, I had... Dude, I, like, I'm not going to lie. Around, around hour 72 of having him, and I love him, but around hour 72, I was full-blown anxiety attack. I was like, what have I done? Like, I was like, what have I done? I, I was like, I've done, done this. Like, I thought this was a good idea. Yeah, it, Turns exactly. out... It was not. It, dude, because like every second of my day for like for like for the first like four days with Obi revolved around Obi, and I'm like, oh my god, this is the rest of my life until he dies. So and six years. Six, <laughs> oh god, he'll, he'll live longer than that. But no, uh, well, maybe. then I slowly talked myself off the ledge, as did everyone else. Like, hey man, this is a part about being a puppy owner. I found about nine, around the nine eleven month mark. Uh, they're gonna be. Look at it. Nine, twelve. Never month forget. Mark. Jeez. Nine, twelve month mark. Uh, they they really start being able to just take care of themselves, and uh, the puppy the puppy business is pretty much over with. They're house trained. They just chill around the house. You take them on walks and everything, but they really t- don't take much effort. And uh, looking forward to those days. Yeah, dogs are super easy to own after the nine to eleven month mark. Nine to eleven. That's right. Nine eleven, as they say, it's a disaster. Till then. Oh boy. Um. No, Obi. Why don't we just start this podcast and what this is about? This is a movie podcast, is it not? Um, so, as I said in the intro, we're doing a top 10 Cinemaxic episode. And one list is going to be the top 10 of 2019. The second list is going to be the top 10 of the decade, year by year. One movie for each year, 2010 through 2019. We're really excited to uh, share this list with you. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get it started. Let's start with the less significant one, even though it was a great year for movies. Let's start with our top 10 of 2019. Um, who would like to go first? I would. Tanner, shoot. Tell I'm us gonna, what you're... What you're uh, fucking ramble here. For, do I just run through the whole list? Let's run through the whole list. One person by one. Yeah, each by each. One, one by one. So are we going to talk about it? We could talk about it. We could, we'll have discussion as we go down. Each person goes through their top 10 of 2019. For the top ten of the decade, I think we rotate. I think we rotate okay. top ten of the decade. But well, this one, one person each list. I've got to preface this because I'm uh, I'm almost a little embarrassed about my list this year. I've mentioned before, um, I missed a lot of movies in theater that I wanted to see this past year. Yeah. Um, Uncut Gems is still in theaters. I just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lighthouse, which I own but haven't gotten to watch yet. Um, there's also Parasite. Which has uh, taken the world by storm right now. Yeah. Um, 1917 just came out, and I'm glad you're mentioning these because I have movies I wanted to see in 2019 that I didn't yet yeah. that I just kind of put as my extras here that I have to see. Um, and I think there were a few more in the mix, like Little Women. Not something I necessarily go for, but Hannah saw it, said she was said it was great, and that I should watch it sometime. So we'll probably do that. Big Emma Watson fan. Oh I yeah, am. she is in that Florence oh, Pugh. Yeah. Um, Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse Ronan, Meryl Streep, Timothée Chalamet. Timothée Chalamet. You mean the next Batman after <coughs> Pattinson? Pattinson. <coughs> yeah, I'm sure. Our, our mics picked that up. I'm sure too. that was as quiet as. <laughs> you should just do this. Stick your hand up whenever you're about to cough, and we can all mute at so once. So, anyways, I think I will be updating this at least next week. Uh, as soon as I watch The Lighthouse, and I might get to see 1917 this weekend. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Ooh, I might watch The Lighthouse tonight. 
So this is very much a temporary. Maybe we should watch together. Temporary top ten. Maybe. Depends. You know, the top five here, I'm a, I'm comfortable with. The bottom five, I feel like any other year would have not <laughs> made a top ten you list. You really are going over your I'm list here before about you this. say I know, I Honestly, don't like Tanner, it. Say the damn list, Tanner. Tanner and I were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Give us the list. There's a lot of movies that I wanted to see. We missed. But anyways, okay. Anyways, number ten. But real quick before you say this, <laughs> I said to Tim, I said this is the best part about our podcast is we're a movie podcast. And we were completely inept at watching <laughs> watching movies that would help us run this podcast. It's, I used to be good. It's a part yeah. of this thing. I used to be good. <laughs> I only saw 21 2019 films in this year. I feel like that's pretty good. Normally, uh, I don't know. Good. Let's see. How many have I seen in, this year? In terms of just total movies watched this oh, year? That's, all right. You're all right. I just want to make sure you're good. I'm just listening. In terms of total films watched this year, regardless of year it came out. Oh, Doctor Sleep was another one I wanted to see. Um, mm, that one would be in your top ten. Because now I track everything through Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Uh, sponsor us, please. Um, yep. yep, yep, please. 78 films watched this year, which is three more than last year. Wait, you watched 78? Yeah, total from any year, but just oh. in 2019 only watched 78 movies. Last year was 75, but the year before was 113. Mm-hmm. I'm slipping. What are you doing? What Thanks, are you doing, man? On. Anyways, number 10, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Number nine, Book Smart. Number eight, Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, wow. Not that I think that's an objectively better movie. I just enjoyed it more. This is, this is how I'm ranking this. Uh, number seven, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Number six, John Wick, Chapter Three. Number five, Midsummer. Number four, Avengers Endgame. Number three, Joker. Number two, Knives Out. And number one, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, oh. place number one. Yeah. Okay. I need to see that. You know, I just. Dag Dillman. That's good. It's a good list. I like that. Surprised by Once Upon a Time being number 10. I just thought it was kind of too long and fucking boring. <laughs> Fair enough. There's things I liked about it. What was it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's a good list, Tanner. Any movie in particular you'd like to flare, flesh out? I mean, I like your list. It's, uh, I will say, maybe a little less daring than I was expecting. I was, I was hoping, and I'm not saying this, in a joking way, but I was really maybe hoping for some sort of Korean film making its way in there. Well, I'm, well he hasn't seen Parasite, Parasite yet. I haven't yeah. seen it yet. And, yeah. that, and I guarantee you that's going to land in your top ten. Guys, I'm just so horny for South Korean films. You know what that would say? Honestly, it shouldn't even be named Parasite. I'd just say, this is a movie for Tanner. Watch it. And he's just going to be like, holy shit. I'm telling you, they're, they're so much. They're the, they're the, the second Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I thought Bollywood was the second Hollywood. No. Um, <laughs> I well, I don't think I've seen any Bollywood films. Yeah, I, I, I'm not about it. All right, uh, my top ten. You let me talk more. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't Jojo know. Jojo Rabbit. To. I know in some circles might consider it to be a controversial pick. Uh, we talked about this in my review. Just the overall sort of ethics behind having a satirical film about Nazis. Um, covering topics of the Holocaust, but I think it's just such a hilarious, well-shot, well-acted movie, uh, emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I felt 
felt everything watching it. What that does that sound pretty solid. Jojo, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Man, is that that's is that still in theaters? I don't know. Um, of course, won't go on it too much longer right now. Knives Out. Really, my top three was any movie that just kind of made me feel something other than like cool in movies. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Knives Out was incredibly engaging and satisfying. And it was um, it was a good twist on the whole like murder mystery. Yeah, it has enough fun with the the formula. Mm-hmm. And I, then, I really like I really really like Knives Out. Yeah, I, I I loved that movie. I'm so glad Ryan Johnson's doing like sequels. I think it's great. I had a, I had Benoit a Blanc, Daniel it, Craig. Need, Daniel Craig just needs to be in more movies. Period. Yeah. But like kind of more. Not James Bond type roles because he's so funny. Yeah, and he's he, a, I mean him and Logan Lucky. Yeah, he did donut, a great job. The, the donut, donut metaphor. God, I, love that. I was crying. You, like it just kept do- going and donut. going. It's a donut. <laughs> you look at the donut. It's not a hole at all. You look closer. It's another donut, donut. with a hole inside of that donut. <laughs> it just cracked me up because I was like, it almost like reminded me of like. Like Scooby Doo comedy mixed with like uh, yeah. uh, like a actual like mature like yeah. uh, who done it type of thing. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, huh. And number three, Joker. Just having that visceral like heart pounding in my chest experience. In yeah. The God, that movie was yeah. phenomenal. The whole like third act of that movie was like, oh fuck, I'm so stressed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, that's my list. I like that. That's a good. I list. need to see Jojo Rabbit. But it's going to change. Like I said, I just listed off like almost ten other movies mm-hmm. that I still want to see from 2019. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, okay, yeah, I like your list, Tanner. I like yours. So um, my list. Let's just go clockwise here. Um, starting <laughs> with Fuck you, Tim. <laughs> uh, that's fine. <laughs> starting with uh, number ten. Um, my number ten movie of the year. What number do you think Shazam is on his list? Let's Ooh. take a guess. I'm going to guess. Five. Seven. I got four. Five for me. I'm I haven't seen Sam yet either. Or not even on his list. Oh, oh, it made his list. Okay, how about this? <laughs> All right, uh, let me list my honorable mentions first before we do my top ten. My honorable mentions. Oh, I forgot about honorable mentions. Well, actually, not even uh, for these aren't even my honorable mentions really. I, I have two honorable mentions, and then I have a, a couple movies that I still wanted to see. For instance, the 2019 that aren't going to be on my list because I haven't seen them yet, but I knew I wanted to see them. Peanut Butter Falcon, uh, Honey Boy, uh, 1917 are three movies, just to name a few, that I really mm. wanted to see in 2019 that probably are right up my alley that I would have really enjoyed and probably put maybe th- one of those three. I would almost assume 1917 is going to land in my top ten after I see it because it just looks so damn good. So those are like three movies I wanted to see in 2019. Now, my honorable mentions, um, which are two, uh, number one is Britney Runs a Marathon. Uh, that was a fun little movie about a girl who literally is just overweight and, uh, she, you know, starts running and kind of finds that strength in herself out, uh, where before she was doing it for others, she, then she started doing it for herself. Um, and it was just, a, it was a really uplifting kind of feel good, fun movie. There is some good drama in there. Um, the main reason it landed outside my top 10 is that the main character herself, I felt it could be a little bit difficult. Uh, they went for like these dramatic turns and sometimes it discredited the character mm-hmm. made me feel like I don't like this character as much as I was wanting to like her. Cause she's kind of being a jerk. And then she gets off with like maybe a simple apology later in the movie. And I just like, I don't know some of the, some, I know what they're trying to do 
with the drama they brought, but sometimes they misfire and they actually make you start disliking the character. I don't know. If, I, I'm assuming because of the type of movie this is that that wasn't the goal. Uh, mm-hmm. And my second honorable mention is actually Shazam. Shazam oh, landed outside oh, my damn. top ten. What? In... Uh, Shazam, I uh, really, really liked it. It was the first superhero movie of its kind where you get a kid who, ba- it's basically big superhero style. Um, and um, did I think it was a lot of fun? Yes. Did I think it had a compelling villain? Yes. Um, did I think it was another right, another step in the right direction for DC as a whole? Absolutely. Uh, Zachary Levi was great as Shazam, um, and the other kids that pl- that were in that movie, supporting actors like the kid from It, um, and whoever the main character was, I thought were really good as well. Um, and there was some great kind of interconnectivity there that wasn't like heavy handed. Just like you know, you see the toys and Superman at the end there walking in. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, so I, I really enjoyed the movie, but it does land outside my top 10. Um, I'm surprised. It does land outside my uh, top 10. So uh, my top 10 of the year, starting with number 10, uh, is Zombieland Double Tap. Uh, one of the main reasons it lands on top my my top 10 list is that, honestly, the, more and more it went on, I started getting nervous, like, okay, this is a sequel 10 years later. Is it going to recapture the magic, or is it going to kind of, you know, be one of those comedies that constantly plays jokes on its old jokes, you know, constantly rebringing up stuff that happened in, that was funny in the first movie, and they just keep saying stuff like that. Is that in Zombieland Double Tap? Yes. They definitely do a lot of, like, oh, it's time to nut up or shut up stuff, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But they do it in a somewhat graceful way. Um, I, I love the world building of this film, which is something I didn't expect. And it's something that I hope Zombieland continues to build on. Like, I hope we don't get another 10 year gap between franchises because the different places they went definitely, um, it's a more unique look at the zombie apocalypse. It's more of a fun, upbeat world with zombies in it. Hmm. And I can appreciate that because I don't think we've had anything like that. Every single zombie apocalypse no, movie. We have is not like, had a zombie apocalypse in real life. Every, mm-hmm. Right. Well, every single zombie apocalypse movie. Soon, though. Soon. Like World War uh, Z and, uh, you know, I Am Shaun Legend, of the Dead. You know, well, Shaun of the Dead's fun. But, uh, like, all those worlds are like, you know, these grim military base camps that you go to where this didn't bill like murray some... release a comedy this year as well about like a zombie with adam driver the dead don't die that's right yeah and i hear that movie was terrible Trailer looks awful. yeah i hear it was incredibly boring I, apparently like just the sense of humor is really weird like but, but, it either hits for you yeah. or like you hate it but even those type of movies they're comedies in the zombie world they aren't really trying to like right. create a universe which I feel like zombie land devil tap was almost trying to create a universe with the world building they were doing. Mm-hmm. So they go to this really, I mean, they go to this really cool, like Oasis place that, uh, is a gun free, like, you know, hippie zone. Um, and it was just a really cool idea. And I, I just, the, that was one of the world's building aspects. I liked of it. And, uh, mm-hmm. the, the castle has great chemistry. There's really great humor in it. Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. Um, Number nine. You're not supposed to talk as much about each movie, you know. Yeah, I know. He's gonna, he's gonna do it anyways. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold Wait on. a minute. You don't have number nine? 
Did you skip nine? I, I only wrote, I wrote out 14 movies and I actually didn't list it, uh, organize it in my top 10 because uh, I didn't have time. Mm. And someone was giving me crap for not being prepared. We're talking about this for weeks, <clears throat> Max. Maybe you should take, maybe you should take your lunch time to finish your top 10 list, Max. Uh... <clears throat> oh, um... hold on. I know what I was going to do. Sorry. Brittany runs a marathon is, is top 10. So it's not an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. Brittany, Man. Brittany runs a marathon. You did is, Brittany dirty. Brittany runs a marathon is ten. Zombieland's nine. Zombieland Double Tap is nine. Um, and number eight is The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, number seven is Fighting with My Family, an earlier 2019 oh, movie. Oh fuck, I forgot about that one. Love that movie. Didn't get to see that either. Yeah, really, really good. Mm. Uh, you know, a biopic about. I forgot that came out. This Florence Pugh's. It completely taking this she, movie by, and she was this great, by storm. And she was great in that. Um, so definitely go check out Fighting with My Family. Uh, number six was Yesterday, uh, that Beatles movie. Mm. I wasn't sure how I was going to like it, and I actually thought it was a really fun movie, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I'd, it was like one of those movies you go and you, you just leave feeling like you had a really great time in the theater, so yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Five was uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, as Tanner said, it was it's it was a longer movie, but I loved every minute of it. I didn't didn't feel like it was forever for me because every minute of it was good. Um, number four, I think is good. That's going to be a surprise. Is Claws? Um, Netflix's animated Christmas movie Claws, I thought was absolutely fantastic, and I've said that before. I thought you didn't like it. No, I thought it was great. Hmm. It was really I'll have great. to listen to the past podcast. I I I said I didn't. Uh, like the Grinch Halloween special. That may have been it. Because I talked about it at the same time. There's a Grinch prequel called Halloween is Grinch Night, and it's freaking terrible. It's the worst. I don't like the idea that the Who's acknowledge holidays other than Christmas. Yeah, that's not canon in my head. Yeah. That's that's, that's, that's legends. That's That's legends, Dr. Seuss stuff to me. (laughs) That's not not canon. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Claws... Beautiful animation, amazing story, a great new take on the whole Santa Claus Christmas movie thing. I thought it was great. They went from they went at it with a real need to tell a original good Christmas story mm-hmm. and not something that just plays on tropes and just, you know, the normal cheery jolly mm-hmm. every minute. Um, number three is Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, loved it. Greatest dad movie and the least... <laughs> 10 years. I, I, I freaking loved it. Uh, amazing performances by Christian Bale. Almost His performance in this, I would almost wager, is better than his Vice performance. He's, I just think he's amazing in this. Christian Bale, even without the huge prosthetic... Well, actually, he was normally fat in that. He got really fat for that role. Uh, without like the outlandish weight gains and weight loss, makes you believe he's a totally different person on screen and he's like one of the only actors who can make me do that when i see him on screen i don't even recognize him how good of an actor he is Mm -hmm. it's incredible i just yeah mind-blowing that he just can transform into a car like that yeah it was unreal i like also i didn't expect this and everything i thought i was surprised he was a ferrari the the whole time i had no idea this was going to be a prequel to cars the pixar animated classic i thought it was this is i thought it was a story between cars one and cars two this is the original car Mm. first car it's traumatizing he's actually like the chosen the chosen car um number two is knives out uh very close to landing number one Loved it. As you guys know, 
big fan of atmospheric movies. This is like as atmospheric as it gets because it takes place pretty much I think in I one area. I know where your number one is. You probably do. It takes place in one area in a really cool old house with lots of character and a lot, lots of things to look at. Loved it. Um, I loved the side-by-side storytelling and the different perspectives of the story of the party that happened that night when the uh, dad was murdered and also like the side-by-side with the the daytime story of them mm-hmm. kind of investigating. Amazing. This, this number one's Avengers Endgame. Number one is Avengers Endgame. Um, no, that movie's not that good. Uh, it's okay. It's just, it's, it's, it's okay. Just the people who don't like The Rise of Skywalker should not like the should not like Endgame then because it's, they don't like it for the same reasons. It's super what are you looking at me for? Disagree. I just think there's a lot of stuff going on in Endgame, and I don't. It just it's like wow, what's going on here? We're doing time travel. I tell you what's going Anyways, on. Anyways, it's not Batman. My number one movie of the year is Joker. It was great, <clears throat> tremendous. Todd Todd Phillips did an amazing job. All right, it's my turn. Walking we Phoenix. finally got to learn how Joker got those scars. Yes, we did. It's because he 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 drew them with his fingers. Tim, go ahead. Okay. Also, <clears throat> I just think it's crazy that like a film that's pretty much very artistically made borderline uh you know, almost borderline indie makes a billion dollars like that that's just insane yeah good for joker all right tim go ahead uh my number 10 is us that's good it wasn't as nearly it's, as was, good as it was get out. it was I haven't borderline seen that either you haven't seen us i haven't seen it yet so it's good not as good <clears throat> as get out yeah. it's it's borderline and i guarantee you it's going to drop out of the top 10 once i see 1917 ford versus ferrari won't you be my neighbor that's another one i want to see jojo rabbit did not see a lot of movies that I wanted to, but nonetheless. Uh, nine, Alita Battle Angel. That movie was surprisingly good. Had low expectations going into it. I forgot about that Left movie. it. It was pretty solid. Um, number eight, John Wick 3. Loved every moment of that. Just so much violence. So much okay? violence. It's no. very violent. No. It, it's like to the point where just like, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, number seven, Toy Story 4. Solid movie. Uh, number six, Avengers Endgame. Solid movie. <clears throat> yep. Solid. Solid. Uh, number six, Avengers Endgame. Number five, Rise of Skywalker. Great way to wrap up the, the sequel trilogy. Uh, number four, Midsommar. That movie is haunting. I loved every moment of it. I still think about it today. And those people jumping off the cliffs. Three, <gasps> Knives Out. Number two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. And number one, Shazam. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's Joker. <clears throat> Honestly. Performance was haunting. As <laughs> haunting. Man. I could not I, tell that was Chuck at all. I know there's a difference, <laughs> but for half a second, I confused him with Zach Braff. Yeah, they're pretty I think that happens a lot, actually, in their lives. They used to get tell tell Zachary Levi got jacked out of his mind. Ruined. It's like what Ricky Gervais, Gervais said. His yeah. little joke. Is there a war for uh, most roided up actor? Most roided, most ripped up junkie. Yeah. And, uh, and then he says, oh, "I don't. We all know who'd win that." And I don't know who he's talking about, but I was assuming it was The Rock or something like that. Yeah, I was pretty sure that's Kevin Hart. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's our top 10 of 2019. Joker was... I just want to say one thing. Go ahead. Joker is one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. What was that? I don't know. I'm scared. Um, but Tanner, I mean, go check the door. 
Save us. Um, <laughs> walk. But anyways, oh. Joker was, oh man, just the all the feels, just the slow decline into madness. Yeah. Very well put together. Todd Phillips did a great job. Not as good as Hangover 2, but a phenomenal job. Yeah, not as good as Hangover 2. Um, or the Hangover I think, 3. I think Joaquin Phoenix deserves best actor outright. Yeah, I know. He was amazing. Oh, another one I haven't seen, Rocket Man. Rocket oh, Man's another yeah. one I haven't seen either. Fuck. Taron Edgerton um, won Best Actor at Golden Globes. He did. For, for comedy, comedy or musical. Oh, yeah. Comedy or musical. So, um, I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited for the Oscar season. I need to see Rocket Man. But, yeah, Joker, by far and away, number one. Yeah. I I really want to see Rocket Man, too, by the way, because that's also Taron doing You should the see the first one first. Oh, yeah. Which one? You said I want to see Rocket Man too. Grammar fun. Um, but yeah, oh. no, I, I there's so many movies left to see in 2019. I'm sure we'll revise it. I think we should do that. Actually. We should ever. We every single every single time we see a movie that replaces a movie in our top ten, we should just announce. Not it. every single time. We should have a set date, like maybe after Oscar season, we'll do another. Maybe at the no, end, of, after a Christopher Nolan podcast, or, or yeah, <laughs> exactly. no, I think we should do gives us plenty of time. I think yeah. we should redo our top twenty, uh, our top ten of twenty nineteen at the end of twenty twenty. Let's recap it uh, a year later. I feel like that's really we far put twenty twenty off to twenty twenty one. Let's do it for Cinco de Mayo. Now pod. here's the thing that I'm most excited about: the top ten of the decade. Uh, there is some. There's one choice in here that I know is going to get some serious eye rolls, but um, there was two years in my top 10 that I told you guys were definitive, no doubt, my favorite movie of that year, Um, and uh, uh, very nice shoes, Jay, and um, wow, and um, run like the wind, bullseye. Every other year, though, I had at least like two or two or three um, honorable mentions, um so yeah i forgot honorable mentions for 2019 um throwing hustlers in there for my honorable mention so far actually i want to see something what was my jennifer lopez steals the show okay i didn't what about the girl from riverdale whom the blonde one i don't remember her name I'm trying to remember if she's a character. I think there is a character that pukes every time she gets stressed out, which is kind of funny because Knives Out involves a character. Oh, you're talking about on a day pukes every time she uh, lies. lies. But yeah, in Hustlers, anytime something stressful happens, she just throws up, and that was like the funniest running gag in the movie. Oh yeah, I, I, I see what you did there. Gag. Um. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, without further ado, let's dive into our top ten. Of the decade. We're diving deep today. Maybe Jay can add a little drum roll here. Mm. So little, what so year are we starting with? Starting 2010. Starting 2010. So how this start format's going to work. Bottom. Start now from the here. bottom. We're going um, to do one by one through this, because I would like everyone to maybe have a little word about the movie, that they why they chose it, because, um, you know, I think... Our lists are going to be pretty unique. And we're only doing one movie from each year. One movie from each year. You can mention your honorable mentions and maybe say a word or two about them. But I would like to hear what your guys' thoughts are on each of these movies dating back Mm -hmm. to 2010. I think this is going to be fun. Um, So let's start with how we started our top 10 of 2019. Tanner, would you like to go first? I would. Okay. 
Go right ahead with your 2010. My favorite movie of the year 2010 that I saw mm-hmm. was Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ooh. A classic. I like it. Just Dallas Max is one that were, you thought he was going to get eye rolls from. A total. Me? Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, never mind. I don't know if, if I <laughs> want to say sleeper hit because I know like the comic it had a comic that was somewhat popular, but man, that movie just I think kicked everyone's ass that year. No one was expecting it. It's so good. It's so funny. There's so much style to it. This is an uh, uh, Edgar Edgar Wright Edgar, Wright, an Edgar yeah. Wright film, so it's got style coming out of its ass. It's just so crazy. An inventive, not maybe not. I don't know. The movie's nuts. It's wonderful. And it's got Michael Sarah. It's a five star film. I still have not seen that movie. You're what? Awful. Oh, it's a good one. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. You're horrible. Of, yes, go watch Scott of... Pilgrim versus you the just, World. You just told me we were watching The Lighthouse. Maybe we will watch The Lighthouse. No, no, we can do either. No. Um, Tanner, any honorable mentions of the year 2010? It seems like that was definitive for you. So. It is definitive. Okay. Um, the Social Network, Black Swan. Ooh. So for for me, the year my favorite movie of the year 2010, and this is one of my definitive years with no honorable mentions because it just no other movie comes close, is The Social Network. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I can watch that movie anytime, anywhere. I I absolutely, it's one of the few movies that I'm just like enthralled by from the moment it starts playing. I just love the way it's shot, love the way uh, it's directed, I love the way it's written. Aaron Sorkin is probably my favorite writer um he just he just writes movies differently and i just i just uh, he has a very certain style about him this very like drum beat type of like you know dialogue like the you know the yeah like it's like he he's even said that i've seen interviews or him saying he basically sees dialogue as music yeah and so that's kind of what he writes around yeah and Mm -hmm. i so so and his dialogue is better than Quentin Tarantino's. And also, Fight me IRL. Also, it's a combination of two. Excuse me. It's a, com- <laughs> it's a combination of two like absolute geniuses too, because uh, Social Network is directed by David Fincher, who's one of my favorite directors. He's directed several of my favorite movies. I, I was actually because I love Zodiac. I couldn't remember what year that came out in. It came out in like 20, 2007. So obviously, that's not going to make this list. But I was really hoping it would because that's how much I love Zodiac. But uh, David Fincher was a phenomenal director. Aaron Sorkin is a phenomenal writer. And, um, and uh, uh, yeah, did you know he, he wrote A Few Good Men, by the way? Yes. I had no idea he wrote that. So that uh, it, Social Network. A couple Jesse women, Iceberg. too. Yep. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> Anyways, oh, uh, it's a great movie. I love it with all my heart. That Jesse, that's one of the main reasons I really pretty much watch anything Jesse Eisberg's in because I've just been a fan of his forever. Um, the only performance that topped this one was his take as Lex Luthor. <laughs> Tim, what is your top movie of 2010? Yikes. My top movie of 2010 was Inception by far and away. Uh, that was that was close for me, but I, I went with Social Network. Inception is arguably maybe my favorite movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd have to go through and search it, but it's definitely top five. Um, absolutely love that movie. Inception is probably the one that actually got me 
into like watching movies because growing up as a kid there's movies i really like like space jam um <laughs> space, what space jam <laughs> do you guys not love that movie <clears throat> i feel no, like, like i, I watched... just blacked out in the middle of a conversation and came to in an entirely different one yeah no but like space jam um master of disguise ridiculous movies like that right so Oliver and Company. I never saw that, but um, Inception is probably the pinnacle where I started to enjoy those more adult-themed ones and less kitty movies, I guess. So um, I can't relate to that. I saw Citizen Kane when I was six years old, um, and I've just yeah. And I mean, (laughs) six years old completely changed my life. Uh, (laughs) But no, Inception. I mean, it's got my favorite director, Christopher Nolan. It's my favorite director. Hans Zimmer, favorite composer. I mean, hell, Spotify for my rap that I got. Hans Zimmer is my number one artist for the year and the decade. So, I mean, if that doesn't show you how much I love Hans Zimmer, then you love some Hans. I do. But I mean, Inception. You've got Leo, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, girl plays Juno, Tom Hardy. A lot of good actors and. Um, it's just a really good story Ellen overall. Page. Ellen Page. Ellen Page. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to say Elaine Page, and I was like, Elaine right. Page. But, I mean, a r- really solid story. Um, and it's one movie that I can watch over and over and over yep. again without getting tired of it. Yep. Danner, your turn, buddy. Top ten. What uh, year are we on? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven brings us to Nicholas Winding Refn's Drive. Starring Ryan Gosling and Oscar Isaac, and I believe it's Carrie Mulligan, Brian Cranston. I think this was the first movie I saw Oscar Isaac in. Oscar this Isaac. Was, in, this was right before yeah. he kind of took off. One yeah. of the most surprisingly violent movies, too. Yeah, I have ever seen. Yeah, I um, rewatched it like a few weeks ago, and that bathroom scene when they're in the apartment or the hotel. <laughs> Christina Hendricks characters and she's in the bathroom and just splat did um, not remember that at all what happened she gets her head like fucked up by a shotgun like you see brains and, and oh then, and then he stabs the guy in the chest with the shower curtain rod it's pretty gnarly and then it well my the scene that i reminded of is the elevator scene when he just for some reason yeah. kills the guy and decides he's just gonna keep stomping his face and until his skull gives in and that was like and that's he kept what going Holy it's shit, just, this is way more violent than I thought yeah. this was going to be. What is that all about? Such a a moody um, atmosphere. The The soundtrack for this is amazing. Very mm. hypnotic. I think kind of helped kick off the sort of uh, new f- newfound love for like the synth 80s kind of stuff that's mm-hmm, yeah. in fucking everything now. Yeah, and um, I can't get enough of it. And... Uh, so just it's just shocking visceral but mm-hmm. again another incredibly stylistic movie i think yep. nicholas i'm just gonna call him nwr for short because that's how he signs his movies now um it's his most mature best film uh he kind of went off the deep end after this uh with only god forgives which i think is still pretty good but then also starring Ryan Gosling. yeah and then mm-hmm. the neon demon which was just interminable trash um i fucking hate that movie neon demon yeah with uh what's her name 
L fanning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Isn't it's like this the, the model weird one? model thing? Yeah. But it's just it's awful. Mm-hmm. There's anyone who tells you something different is trying to sell you something. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> but right. drives another five star film. It's amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that because that's my number one too. Unless it's yours, Max. I don't think it is. Is it? Uh, Drive 2011. Popcorn Tim. <clears throat> I'm in. So, um, again, yeah, as you said, that soundtrack is incredible. Uh, the whole or all the music that they chose for it. I mean, um, Real Hero, Night Drive. Night I Call. Mean, Night Call. Yeah. That's it. But, I mean, that really sets a tone. And, I mean, the score itself is is fantastic. And I love the symbolism, too, you know, with his jacket. Yeah. Because um, I think it's like an old story because mm-hmm. he has a scorpion on the back. And the whole premise is the scorpion asks a frog, I believe, to like carry him across the water. Mm-hmm. And they have this agreement. And so it's kind of Ryan Gosling agreeing to help everyone out. But then at the end, the scorpion stings and kills the frog. So the whole story is he's got the scorpion his on his nature. back. Exactly. Yeah. He's got the scorpion on his back. He helps everyone out. And in the end, he gets stung. He gets stabbed. And so um, yeah, I just love the symbolism. Does he die at the end? He, I you don't think no, so. No, not explicitly. I believe that in the original, it's based on a book. And I believe in the book, the character does die. And then I think initially the movie involved him dying, but then because uh, it ends with him driving away, yeah. with his hand on. You think he's screen. dead, but then he kind of like snaps out of it and drives off into the sunset. Yeah. Mm. Um. But no, yeah, I I love that movie. Top ten from the decade for sure. Um, t- my top movie of 2011. Oh, uh, here it is now. These movies are movies that I enjoy. And, Harry you know, Potter, I think, Deathly Hallows no, Part 2? No. Uh, these it could have been there. Uh, but these mo- these are movies that you just really like and uh, are really rewatchable. Sherlock Holmes. No. The uh, Raid. It's another car-related movie. <laughs> Cars. <laughs> Cars 1 uh, or 2. My number one movie of 2011 is uh, Fast Five. Oh. Wow. Oh, man. You're going to pick that overdrive. I put pick over David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Over Money I never saw Dave. Over Super 8. I never saw Dragon Tattoo. I never saw Super 8. I didn't see many movies in 2011. Over Scream <clears throat> 4? Scream 4 came out in 2011? I guess yeah. it did. I remember actually Holy watching shit. that in basement, my basement. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they were still making those that late. Yeah, it was like the, it was the first one in like 12 or 13 years or wow. something like that. Um I do pick it over those because I just find Fast Five to be an incredibly enjoyable film. It's it's a heist movie. It's the cast is great chemistry. It's got a lot of great action, and it's before Fast Five goes way over the top. It's before Fast and Furious goes even like insanely over the top, where like literally military are asking them to work for them and stuff. It just like all that ridiculous stuff. I, I really enjoy this movie. And, uh, you know, I, I, I watch it a lot. It's just kind of one of those movies you can sink in and watch. It's a good popcorn movie, and I, I enjoy it. Uh, the honorable mentions for my year 2011, though, uh, Source Code, 1010, uh, Moneyball, and uh, those are my three three honorable mentions. I really like 1010. Uh, Moneyball is a great movie. I absolutely love that movie. And uh, Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal. 
Uh, I actually only saw the first time this past year, and I really enjoyed that one as well. I thought that was a really cool um, movie uh, that I liked a lot. That was um, Duncan Jones' first movie after Moon, which is kind of a... And which one? Didn't didn't they do... Did he do the uh, Nightcrawler? No, he did Warcraft. And then after Warcraft, Mm -hmm. he had Mute on Netflix, and then Mute was also not particularly well received so i actually wait was mute the one about the girl who can't talk or is like he's a bartender guy who can't talk oh, you're thinking of hush i'm thinking of hush yeah the one that was also netflix yeah or was like put on netflix yeah. uh so he's duncan jones david bowie's son also fun fact uh he's For been real yeah kind of laying low ever since mute sort of fell apart so hopefully he gets back on his feet. that was paul rudd right mute yeah because yeah. moon's fucking great um watch moon Sam, uh, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Poster's uh, right behind you there. Yep. Okay. Um, Tanner, what is your number one movie of 2012? Cloud Atlas. Oh. Are you serious? The Wachowskis. Are you serious? I, I'm I love that serious. movie. Wow. I don't, this is not a five-star film, and... Okay, that's a guilty pleasure one, It's I not think. a guilt. I, the, I I'll be honest. Past guilty pleasures. I have no guilty pleasures. I only have pleasure pleasures. <laughs> Same. I'm glad you say that because I love Fast Five unapologetically. The idea of guilty pleasure comes from just irony, and irony is the great evil of our times. People should be sincere in their enjoyment of things. I'm looking this up. And I sincerely enjoy Cloud Atlas. I think it's a, again, Wachowski, so very stylistic. I tend to lean towards heavily stylized things, Um, but just a deeply like humanistic uh movie all about um sort of people struggling to overcome their worst parts of their nature uh people kind of coming together to overcome obstacles it's probably uh, all kinds of things it's and about it, the heroism in every single one of them and us. it's probably the most Non Tom Hanks film that Tom yeah. Hanks stars in mm-hmm. that I've ever that it's like one of the most stunningly how was Tom Hanks starring in this movie movies he's not big for science fiction actually I don't think he's ever starred in a science fiction movie that I can think of uh, Toy Story The Polar Express <laughs> The Polar <laughs> Express yeah he, he's very true to life with his scripts unless um, uh, you include The Circle which is one of the worst movies I can we just I never saw it. I, I saw a trailer for it once, Dude, and then was like, eh. It is absolutely hilariously bad. Like, yeah. you should watch it just for the laughs. There's a scene where, em- and I'm going to spoil this for you, Emma Watson's friend, who has nothing to do with The Circle, which is a social network, gets, like, chased down and, and killed for fun by these drones that have nothing to do with it. It's just, you need to watch the movie. It's terrible, and it's awful, and they must have backed up the Brinks truck Tom Hanks, like he must have been ninety percent of this movie's budget because it's terrible, and there's no way he read that and said, "I want to be part of this." It's awful. Well, also has John Boyega in it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's so bad. Oh, John Boyega is in it. Yeah, he's been kind of like acting out a little bit post the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, he's been a lot more salty and it seems confrontational well, someone, in interviews I think, I think and on social his, media. I didn't think his Star Wars romance tweet is anything offensive. I don't know why everyone's getting so worked up over that. I was like, is he, is this bad? I mean, it was, 
maybe a little crude, but then again, he wasn't representing, you know, Disney or Star Wars in an official capacity in that manner. So whatever. I thought he was just joking. Like this is Star I mean, Wars yeah, romance. And yeah. everyone's like, Oh, thank you so oh, much. Oh, I thought for... you were talking about the whole Lang pipe thing. Oh, oh about, yeah. that about was like, Ray? Oh, like, oh my God. He's talking about like, yeah. laying pipe with Ray. It's like, that's a little much, John. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's hone it back in yeah. there, brother. <clears throat> it's uh, just that British humor. <laughs> anyways, but again, if I was he John Boyega that. and I saw how, Africa. you know, Finn got treated in, Born in Africa, but The Rise of Skywalker, I, I probably would also be not too happy. But yeah. Um, anyways, Cloud Atlas. Starring Tom Hanks, Halle Berry, <laughs> Jim Broadbent, Hugo Weaving, Jim Sturgis, Ben Wishaw, Keith David. There's a shit ton of people in this. Susan Sarandon, Hugh Grant. Uh, movie's got a huge cast, and they all play multiple characters because it takes place across like five or six or more timelines, all kind of intercut with each it's other. It's a really interesting movie. And... Yeah, it's about... It makes you think about life. Yeah. And the movie, it was well-received, but not like a total critical smash either. I think just the length and the overall weirdness of it maybe turned a lot of people off, maybe Mm -hmm. didn't go see it. I think it's kind of been largely forgotten about. But uh, uh, that movie blew me away. Would love to watch it. Again. I need to watch it again. It's one of those I've only seen it once, but it's one of those but... I'm like I need to see it again. Yeah, but it it's it's good because it does have that lasting effect with you. Where some movies you're like oh, I forget just how it ends, but this you're just like it's really interesting how all these different timelines connect with each other. Because I think what was the first one. Oh, it's a caveman, but there's the one where the guy is composing, and then yeah. that song kind of gets passed throughout time, and yeah. you see it in other places. So. I thought that was really interesting, and the music is pretty. It's about pretty great. You know the human condition. The Cloud Atlas is a piece of music the composer is writing. Right. That sort of ties into how things change throughout time, but people are still people, but they can grow and. Interesting. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check that one out. What I like about this book. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what, I like about... <laughs> what I like about this episode too is there's a lot of deep cut movies in here that people may have forgotten about or haven't given a shot, and they're gonna go back and check it out. Yeah. Um, my number one movie of 2012, which is funny, my number one movie and my honorable mention were both movies that I saw only recently, uh, like in the past three years. Um. But my number one movie of 2012 is Django Unchained. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Same here, um, brother. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it is... Uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, a classic Quentin Tarantino film. Arguably his best, a lot of people would say. Um, Jamie Foxx, great performance. I don't need... I mean, everyone's seen Django Unchained. It's really good. Now, my uh, follow-up, though... Uh, uh, honorable mention is Moonrise Kingdom, Wes Anderson flick. Uh, didn't see that till again, not not till way later. But I thought it was really really good, and it just kind of tells a great tale of you know adolescence before you really go full teenager, but after like being a kid, it's kind of like that weird awkward middle ground. And uh, they tell a really really great story of just kind of this, you know, it's not coming of age, but it's this new process of you know, maturation, um, mm-hmm. that, that, um, 
I thought was really beautiful. Um, so you guys should definitely go check that out. I think there's a lot of things that are relatable for people who watch that as well. Just kind of, you know, your first crush and um, your first experience with, you know, being around your crush and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, just outgrowing a lot of things while also growing into other things. It's, it's a really good movie. So um, Moonrise Kingdom was my uh, honorable mention, but Django is my number one. Tim, what's your number one movie of 2012? Django and Shane. That's why I said me too, brother. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You gave me this weird look afterwards. Uh, <laughs> I thought you said to me, I thought you go, I said that, I thought you said like, good choice, boy. And I thought you were making like a racist <laughs> reference from Django. And I was like, what? Jesus, Tim. No, I said me too, brother. I thought you said, I, I, I thought you were calling no. me boy in like a Southern accent, like oh, the racist people in God, Django. And I'm like, I was like, that's not a good joke, Tim. That's not good. Come on, man. I, I have clean humor. Good. Um, right. uh, yeah, no, Django Unchained's my number one for 2012. All right. Tanner, number one in 2013. Her. Who? Any honorable mentions or just definitive? Uh, honorable mention to Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brother film, Oscar Isaac, uh, playing a folk artist in the... 60s, just trying to make a buy, just trying to make a name for himself. I mean, Nothing seems to go his way. But uh, her, directed by Spike Jones, Joaquin Phoenix, Rooney Morris, Scarlett Johansson, Amy Adams, blah, 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 blah. Lots of fucking people. Um, I've never seen this one either. It's a romantic drama. Joaquin Phoenix lives in a not-too-far-in-the-future society, uh, but ends up falling in love with an artificial intelligence, his operating system. Who's voiced by Scarlett Johansson? Mm-hmm. Can you blame him? No, no. Um, she has a lovely voice. But they fall in love and kind of have to navigate that. Oh, Things what happen. A lovely, lovely voice. Uh, that Bane? Wow, Bane, stopping it here <laughs> on the podcast. Hey, Bane, a little, uh, welcome. There. Um, but it's just good, great performances. Very sweet, very no, kind-hearted movie. I think. Who knows those waters? Again, Please engaging uh, drama. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about it is um, so many science fiction films, especially about you know the future, very bleak, uh, dystopian, dark, shitty. But her is a very bright and warm movie. It's a positive look at the future. Who knows if that's what's really in store for us? But I would like more positive science fiction. Oh, so it's a positive movie. Overall, I, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I need to check that out. I didn't know if they were trying to go like really weird with it and have it be like really sad. Cause, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, it's got its ups and downs, but overall, it's pretty leaves you feeling good. I need to check it out. Um, my number one movie of 2013 is, and this was a tough one for me. There's t- like all four of these, honestly, could be my number one movie of 2013, but I decided to go with one movie that really was one of those that you just sink into your chair and you have a good glass of wine, you know, pizza's on its way, and you're just like, you can't take your eyes off the screen type of movies when you're watching it at home. And that movie is Prisoners, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. Um, Heavy movie. Heavy movie. um, Dark movie, but a twisty, turny mystery. Oh, yeah. um, that, That... grips you because you care about the characters you care about the the people who are at stake um yeah but um you know it, it there's 
it's dark, but it's it's dark in the same way as you know maybe Zodiac is dark, where there's like you know there's not a lot of ups, but there is some you know positive things that you leave the movie with. And there's a the ending. Have you seen Prisoners, Tim? Yeah, it's my number one for 2013. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you, obviously you've seen it, man. The ending though, with the whistle blowing, is like, oh my god, does he find him? Does he find him under the truck, or is he is he uh, is he gonna just completely ignore it? And mm-hmm. I love that. Did and you, that's how they end it. You notice Jake Gyllenhaal's character, just how hard he blinks in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like, remember being distracted by that. He just fucking slams those <laughs> lids shut. It's so weird. I don't know if that's how Jake Gyllenhaal is or if that was just some kind of quirk he developed for the character. I think it was a quirk because I think he was trying to develop that this guy is sleepless. Oh, okay. Like he's a he's a cop. That makes sense. And he does not he does not like sleep. That's a very good point. Okay, yeah, I can totally see that. But yeah, I remember just watching like why is he blinking like this? Because yeah. I mean his character always seems like really on edge. Like he does yeah. not get much sleep. Like he's mm-hmm. like ready to pounce at any time. Yeah. Um but yeah, Prisoner was my number one. But my honorable mentions, um I mean there I twenty thirteen is a good year for movies, but my honorable mentions The World's End, the last of the Cornetto trilogy. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I love the camaraderie of it. Um, again, an atmospheric movie. Sorry, uh, t- you know, going pub to pub in a British town, and you know, I just, I just, you know, eat that up. Uh, Warm Bodies, which was that uh, zombie rom com movie, I thought uh, had a lot of heart to it. Um, was a different take on the zombie category, uh, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done, um, and. Uh, the other honorable mention is the uh, the um, is Walter Mitty. Uh, That's a, I really like that one. Yeah. I really liked Walter Mitty. It was a very inspiring, uplifting movie. Um, ben Stiller directed it. It's kind of one of his passion projects, and I just it's it's just a great movie. It's a good feel good movie. It is. It is. Uh, it's kind of inspires you to get up and and get dance. out there with your life and dance and yeah and it was one of the mm-hmm. first movies i ever saw with Paige too so it does have a special place in my heart mm-hmm. um but uh um it was uh yeah i really like it uh definitely something i need to watch again but it definitely inspired me it's one of the main reasons i went to wyoming actually that following summer and just wanted me to get i just wanted to get up and go and it inspired me to literally go cross country with a buddy and um, it was a great trip. Yep. All right, uh, Tim, your number one was 2013 was Prisoners. Prisoners. Although I would say it was probably one of the weaker years we've had in the past 10 years. I was not a huge fan. Um, but some... Not a uh, huge fan of 2013 in general. No. Not I don't even remember it. <clears throat> First year of college is, is rough. Uh, but I'm going to skip over my Prisoners, but uh, some honorable mentions. Man of Steel. That was almost my number one. That should have been in my honorable mentions. I love Man of Steel. Um, still, arguably my favorite DC movie since the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight trilogy. It's so good, man. Um, man it was really good. American Hustle, also good. If you say so. And uh, Grown Ups too. You know, I need to give American Hustle another shot. I was so bored watching that movie that I didn't care what was happening on screen. I need to give mm-hmm. it another chance. It, it's a really good story, and you have a strong cast. I bought that movie just oh. to expand my Blu-ray catalog, so I can just watch it whenever I want. You know, yeah. one one other movie I do want to honorable mention is Oblivion. Oblivion I Ooh. thought was never saw really really good. Tom Cruise did a great job, and it's a really interesting story. I, you know, I like the aesthetics of the movie, but I remember 
feeling a little disappointed walking out of it. But I only saw it the once in theaters, so yeah. I don't know. It's a good it's a good rewatchable movie. It's not one of those that you watch once or again, I don't really care about it anymore. I will say, you know, with prisoners, um I think he already had kind of like a movie out by then. That's sort of when uh, Denis Villeneuve kind of came on the scene in a big way, mm-hmm. and has uh, consistently stomped on Hollywood ever since. Yeah. I'm surprised none of us had Captain Phillips or Wolf of Wall Street. I saw Wolf of Wall Street, didn't like it. I wasn't a huge fan of it. All right, I, just, um, I don't know. Scorsese might. Just well, I like. I mean, thing. I like Wolf of Wall Street just fine, but it's not. I don't know. It's not. Super rewatchable for me, I guess. Long. Mm-hmm. It is long. All right, Tanner, uh, your number one movie of 2014. I'm yawning. Uh, number one of 2014 is Alex Garland's Ex Machina. Starring <laughs> Donald Gleason, Alicia Vikander, Oscar Isaac again. He's, I mean, General Hux all and over. Poe. Yeah, all over this decade. Mm-hmm. Um. I think just a super tight uh, screenplay, very gripping thriller. Um, again, uh, very moody, very atmospheric. Uh, great performances, really, just from three characters kind of kept together in this house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, philosophically, thematically engaging. Um, very entertaining. Very come a lot of things come out of come at you out of nowhere. Especially the end is like this big like oh fuck, oh, yeah. and then yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac's whole uh, choreographed dance routine out of nowhere was pretty wonderful. That was that was I that was that was good. Banging <laughs> banging soundtrack. Uh, Ex Machina is dope. Honorable mention for 2014 also goes to uh, Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal about a kind oh, of that was uh, sort of like a little twist on the American dream, a sociopath mm-hmm. kind of finding his avenue into making himself uh, some money and trying and to just be... the links you can you have to go to to be successful, and they're not pretty, you guys. Yeah. The American dream is dead. It's the American nightmare. Oh yeah. my God. Jake John Hall's living it every working. day. He really is. He's one of the people. I mean, everyone wants to know where Leo's Oscar was for all those years until he finally got one. Give it to Jake G. Jake is one who really needs an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one movie of 2014 is The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Another Wes Anderson flick. Uh, infinitely rewatchable, in my opinion. Um, Absolutely love the way it's shot. It's very Wes Anderson uh, in, in every single way. Probably his most Wes Anderson film. Uh, and, um, yeah, I really, really like it. Uh, great performance by Ray Fiennes. Um, and whoever that kid is who plays Zero, who's also Flash Thompson and Spider-Man. Um, really good. Uh, my, my honorable mention for this year, though, was I mean again? It was damn near my number one movie of the year. Whiplash. Um, mm-hmm. Great performances by Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. 
uh, JK won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for this role. And there's a lot of guys who, you know, you think you, they can just get the Oscar because they yell a lot and everything like that. Like, they yell, so it must show they have passion. But J.K. Simmons... Will Ferrell has all those Oscars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's like, you know, kind of like that Will Smith argument, like the tell the truth thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, man, it was so good. It's like, no, he's just yelling in an <laughs> accent, and it, that's it. It's so He's showing passion. But J.K. Simmons, the reason why was that he wasn't just yelling. He had some sheer terror uh, that set people on edge. And that movie gave me legitimate anxiety, probably because I've had some run-ins with teachers that were really cruel to me, maybe as a kid growing up, like that screamed or, you know, were bad. And it actually gave me legitimate anxiety to watch it both times I watched it in theaters. But it was so good. Um, and the end, the ending of that movie is one of the greatest endings. It just, it's awesome. The, the final drum solo is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, can't recommend that movie enough. Tim, your number one movie of 2014. So, <clears throat> this is really tough for me. I thought 2014 was a really solid year. Um, Whiplash was an honorable mention. Ex Machina, honorable. Guardians of the Galaxy, honorable. Uh, Kingsman, another honorable. So, I'm trying to decide between Interstellar and What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. I know they're completely opposites. Pick What We Do in the Shadows. Interstellar is... It's got to be Interstellar for you. Interstellar's directed by my favorite director, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows is hilarious so and funny. very well done. Yeah. What does Interstellar have? It has a spinning spaceship and organ music. I don't like so, Interstellar. I do not like that movie. I, I like it. I love I'll Interstellar. It. It's not that good to me, though. Interstellar has my favorite movie soundtrack, but... Perf. And don't let me go, man. Soul. Don't let me go, man. If just looking at it as a movie that I want to watch over and over again, I'm going to have to pick what we do in the shadows because that movie is absolutely hilarious. Taika Waititi, Jermaine Clement, uh, just a bunch of vampires roaming around New Zealand. The third guy. The the, the third guy. (laughs) The the scene where they argue over dishwashing and then they like fly up at each other hissing. Is one of my favorite scenes. God, that's I amazing. Die every single time that that <clears throat> like, scene happens, they invite the people over. Get the spaghetti. <laughs> eat, <laughs> eat, the spaghetti. Your, eat your spaghetti. Eat your spaghetti. <laughs> You're eating worms. <laughs> what what is going on? But I mean, it's hilarious. The humor, the old vampire, in fantastic. The feeding him a Peter. Um, Peter. Hi, Peter. And then oh, the, Peter got him. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who is the who is the <laughs> IT guy. That the non vampire that's like out there, Oh, but I mean, Which, that, by the way, it's really funny. He was literally just a uh, he was like a crew member on that movie, <laughs> and they brought him. They literally just like you're gonna play this character, and so he just stands in there, and he just is stew. It's hilarious. It's like his only acting credit in his entire career. Is oh that. man, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that's my number one of 2014, just because. Every time I see that it's on, I want to watch it, and it's it's you know hilarious. I feel I feel like I kind of got some hipster cred with this movie, not directly vicariously, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, our my good friend Brendan, who you know, um, yep, got in on the the Kickstarter or the crowdfunding for that film. For what? What, what we do in the shadows? Oh, it was crowdfunded. Was it really in, in part? Oh, so he got in on that and. Um, got had access to the movie digitally quite a bit i think i so we all watched it together i think like almost two years before like 
or a good year before it kind of hit the mainstream audience. Yeah, that's so crazy. All of a sudden, people within like the past year or two, everyone's talking about it now. It's like, shit, yeah, just I've imagine, seen that movie mm-hmm. so long ago. That's yeah. <laughs> that's crazy because imagine Taika Waititi not having enough pull to be able yeah, to he's get a film made nowadays. Meteoric, he gets he yeah, after that, mm-hmm. I think that's really what did it. Any property he wants, he usually he can pretty much have. I mean, yeah. he got Akira. And, and well, that's been put on hold. Probably which, never going to be Probably for the best. Yeah. I don't know how he could really do Akira. Yeah. But. What is Akira? It's a post-apocalyptic famous uh, anime. anime. Oh, okay. Um, okay, uh, Tanner, what's your uh, top movie of 2015? So, not to go on honorable mentions too long. Um, oh, this was kind of tough, but Star Wars: The Force Awakens is honorable mention just because just pure joy watching mm-hmm. Star Wars mm-hmm. in the theater again, and mm-hmm. that it was actually good. Yeah. Um. And it's just a good movie. It's just solid. Like, you can bitch all you want about how much it mirrors episode four. I think those are all very surface-level yep. similarities. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core of the film's its own thing, and it's maybe a bit... T- it's a little too fast, which I feel like I can't complain about now after mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> but um, it's just so good. It just felt like... It felt like a classic yeah. movie watching it. And I disregard yeah. all those arguments that it's too much like A New Hope because yeah. every single one of them I see says, an old man in the desert that helps the character. And they compare Lor Santeca to Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm like, right. Lor's not in the all. movie for a minute, you dummies. And I then mean, he revisits uh, him. And you can be... <laughs> next one and the next You can one. be reductive and say any movie is exactly like any other movie. Exactly. It's really just the hero's journey that people are talking about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyways, number one movie completely blew me away did not see it coming because i had no connection to the previous films in the franchise but mad max fury road it was just like an art house action masterpiece Mm. um i remember seeing the trailers and thinking like i don't really give a shit about mad max this looks kind of cool though but then seeing it in the theater it was just a non-stop like like holy shit this is like a fever dream like i've never seen anything like this before yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, it was a good. It's good. I, I love Mad Max. Twenty fifteen, my definitive one, my second definitive year is The Force Awakens. I, I, what Tanner said, it's a pure. It's I, I, I love this movie. Every single time I watch it, it's just pure joy for me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just so much fun, and it's great, great Star Wars content. You know, did the series go necessarily where I thought it would based off Force Awakens? I don't think. Anyone could say it did. But not even Disney could, could say they knew where exactly. it was going. Not even the people who made the film <laughs> could say that. Uh, but boy, did I walk out of that thing just going, I, I can't believe we have great Star Wars back again. And it felt like Star Wars. And it. Um, Tim sh- finger sh- shooting the wall. Sorry, and, uh, John Wick. Oh, okay. And uh, it, it just. Nature. I don't need to. I mean, I've spoken enough about this on our other podcast, but mm. Force Awakens. Now, I will mention. Yeah, just two films that you may may uh, want to check out if you haven't. Tanner already mentioned one, Mad Max, but the other one that I absolutely loved, uh, Everest. Um, very, very yep. good. Very yep. good. Based on the true story of uh, some brave hikers who saved the lives of other hikers who were being idiots who were trying to summit Mount Everest, even though they said, if you try and summit Mount Everest... You're going to run out of oxygen and you're going to die. And like, oh, we're so close. We're going to do it. And they ran out of oxygen and died. Not the Russian. 
not the Russian, uh, but a lot of guys did. But it starred Jake Gyllenhaal, got Kira Knightley. It's got uh, Owen or whatever his face is. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, it's so good. Jake, did you say Jake Gyllenhaal? Josh yep. Brolin? You already said yeah. Josh Brolin's in there, yep. Uh, it's a very emotional movie. Oh, my yep. God. Brace yourself, because it is powerful. So can I, can I recut in here for a second? Because yep. I'm going off of Letterbox release dates, which mm-hmm. is kind of fucking me up. Uh, the Witch as another honorable mention for 2015. Um, I could not finish that. We've movie. Talked about it before, but uh, it's amazing. Still, still haunts me. Atmosphere. I'm still scared of that for days. It is thick with atmosphere. You could cut it with a fucking thick. knife. So thick. For dummy thick atmosphere. Dummy thick. Atmosphere. For my number one, I'm going to start with the honorable <laughs> mentions uh, that we haven't already talked about: Hateful Eight, honorable mention, and The Martian and Sicario. Those are my honorable mentions. I think they're all quality filled, quality films. 2015 was another really good year. Yeah. But my number one, can you guess it, Max? Of 2015? No. No. Uh, My number one was Spotlight. I loved that movie. I don't know why, but it's one of those that you're just, you get really entrenched by the story and you're Mm -hmm. just like, I want to see how this goes. It's suspenseful throughout. You really care for those characters because they're just trying to, you know, do their job, expose what's going on, try to get all the evidence Mm -hmm. of what the church is doing. Um, Mark Ruffalo blew me away. Michael Keaton did a great job. Same with Rachel McAdams. But um, that is probably top three favorite movies for this past decade. It's great. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Tanner, your number one movie of 2016. Honorable mention goes to you real quick. Not going to say too much about it. The Handmaiden, Park Chan-wook, a South Korean film. Oh, uh, there it is. There we go. That's the Only content. That's the, the Tanner content we subscribe to. very for. Uh, dark, <clears throat> twisted, erotic crime fairy tale, I would describe it as. <laughs> that sounds like you. Uh, this movie will make you uncomfortable in all the best ways. I'm uncomfortable right um, now. <laughs> it is sure... <laughs> The sheer description sent chills down my spine. But number one goes to Barry Jenkins' Moonlight. Yeah. Wonderful, tender, Tender. um, moving movie about a young African-American man. It's kind of three distinct periods in his life of him kind of struggling with his identity sort of within his community, with his masculinity, Mm -hmm. uh, with his sexuality. Yep. Um, beautifully shot like the cinematography in this is just so uh, intimate like there's just a moment in the sound design too you don't really think a lot about that with dramas but there's there's just scene where he's with a, a friend having this experience I guess on this beach at night and you just hear the waves crashing around them and the sound of the wind and it's like you're you're there it was uh very close feeling. Yep. I still need to watch that, but I've been I've been wanting to. Um, twenty sixteen. The number one movie of twenty sixteen for me. Um, actually, let's say my honorable mention, which there's one uh, for twenty sixteen, is Arrival. Uh, Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker. Um, oh God, it's just a really good movie, man. I, I there's not much really to say. I just just one of those great movies you sit down in the theater and you're just entranced by it it's 
so so good and it damn near was my number one movie of this that year but for me the one that takes the cake is the edge of 17 uh starting Haley steinfeld woody harrelson um oh man uh so so good um it's one of my favorite coming-of-age films of all time, if not my favorite coming-of-age film of all time. Uh, great performances, amazing story, and it just gives you that really great nostalgic feeling that you, I mean, I just, I love movies that can provide, like, the good nostalgia, and uh, that's what Edge of 17 pulls off for me, and I, I absolutely love this film with all my heart. So, that's my number one movie of 2016. Tim! Um, <clears throat> one honorable mention for 2016 uh, nice guys, that movie, it's hilarious, really well done. Uh, kind of disappointed they didn't make a sequel, but you know they still might. They still might. Well, let's hope it happens. But my number one for 2016 is La La Land. Um, I had no interest seeing it originally, and then one day my roommate was like, "Hey, we sh- you want to watch La La Land?" I'm like, "Sure, why not?" Uh, very, very good story about, you know, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, how they meet each other, how they decide to pursue their careers. Um, and then they get to this point where they have to make, you know, a decision where they have to either pursue each other or continue to go down this road mm-hmm. where they're going to have to separate and pursue their careers. And it was just a really, really good emotional story. Um, the score with, oh, why am I blanking his name right now? Damien uh, Chazelle? No, it John was John Legend. Not John Legend. Um, how am I forgetting? Whatever he did a really good job. Um, <laughs> I, well, this is bothering me. Oh, but I, I mean, gotcha. the music. The music is just incredible. The story. The For different some colors. I thought Damien Chazelle was like the had, was very involved in the Justin music. Hurwitz. Justin Her- Hurwitz. Oh yeah, that's right. He how wrote did the music. I forget? Yeah, he that. wrote the music for Greatest Showman. Yeah, did he? Nope. He did uh, Whiplash First Man. And First Man. Ah, uh, Whiplash. Yeah. That's what it was. But I mean, he's 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 probably my movie. second favorite composer behind Hans Zimmer. Uh, but I mean, overall, John Williams would like a word. What? John Williams would like a word. He's he's top three. Oh, wow. Johan Johansson, R.A.P. It's it's tough. Okay, I, yeah. they're they're all tied for now. Anyways, one. anyways, um, but I mean, it's a really good story. It's it's very bright. It, it kind of brings out the brightness of california and and being in la but his jazz bar should have been chicken on a stick though i like it more than seb's yeah chicken on a stick should have been it maybe in the sequel follow the word of your ex-lover call it chicken on a stick man have some pride tanner what was your first uh, number one (laughs) overall movie of 2017 Uh, uh, denny villeneuve blade runner 2049 oh yeah I feel like that's an easy one for a you. A showstopper, a total package, sound, visuals, performances, uh, writing, just everything about this movie is basically perfect. Um, I would even go so far as to say that this is the greatest film of the decade, if not the past 20 years. Wow. Um, I fucking wow. love everything about this movie. I have no issue with it whatsoever. It is enchanting. Uh, an amazing. I mean, it's an epic sci-fi story, but it's also mm-hmm. very small scale and personal. And um, Ryan Gosling plays K. 
Also, it's he's a Blade Runner. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue yet. Very uh, little moving Ryan journey. Ryan Gosling he goes has on. a lot of movies where he doesn't have, doesn't a, have lot a lot of dialogue. But yet, it's he has a very powerful performance. By the way, it seems like it's setting up a sequel. By the way, at the end of there, like the war between the replicants and the maybe, but kind of like the first Blade Runner. Like when I heard about this movie, I was like, oh, really a sequel to Blade Runner? Like 30 years later, like that movie doesn't need a sequel. And then like that was really Scott in his prime. Like Harrison Ford, of course he came back, but the movie was classic. And then Denis Villeneuve was like, no, not only am I going to make a sequel to Blade Runner, it's going to be better than the original. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be like, one of the best fucking movies of all time. Yeah. I really like yep. Blade Runner. That was a good choice, Tanner. Yep. Um, my number one movie of 2017 was a movie that wasn't like in my top five that year, but it slowly inched its way up because of how many times I've rewatched it since I first saw it. Um, the Last it, Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, no, not that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it. Best stars movie it ever. It did. It it slowly became like this movie that I just really, really like to rewatch. And I kind of just judge movies that I, uh, what movies I love the most by the, how many times I rewatch it. Um, because it just obviously gets me bringing it back. Uh, my number one movie 2017 is the big sick with, mm. uh, Kumail Nanjiani, uh, based off a true story of how him and his wife came to be. Um, and I just think it's a really, uh, it's an, a great comedy. It's a great feel good movie. It's great drama. Um, Overall, just a really good rewatchable movie, and I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a fun, fun story. Um, but my honorable mentions for this year were the ones that were at the top of my list originally. Um, Baby Driver, fantastic movie. Yep. Great. Uh, and uh, Get Out with, uh, obviously, Jordan Peele's first foray into directing. Uh, Get Out was excellent as well. Um, but yeah, number one movie of the year, Big Sick. Definitely go check that out if you haven't. It's a great rom-com. Great date night movie. Uh, great, just, you know, feel like chilling and watching a movie movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tanner, it seems like you want to butt in real quick. What no, do I don't. Okay. Oh. Tim? I um, think I know what Tim's is, but... I know what Tim's is. Uh, you probably driver. do. It's Baby Driver. It's probably Baby Driver. So this is really tough because when we originally did our top 10 over a year ago for 2017, Baby Driver was my number one. Blade Runner was number two. Did we do a top 10 for 2017? I think we did. I, I think we just that was did 18. I'm we pretty, did do a 2017. We did a 2018. I'm pretty sure we did 2017. No, we mm. weren't a podcast in 2017. We started in November 2018. Right. God, the we years flew. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't alive yet. Um, okay, so in my head, we were doing a podcast in 2017, and so I have Baby Drivers my number one and Blade Runner number two. Honestly, the Trying to decide between those are is some of the most difficult decisions because I love everything about both of them. I mean, as Tanner said, Blade Runner is one of the best movies I've seen in a while. Baby Driver is just really enjoyable because it's a action heist movie where you know a kid's just trying to you know pay his way out of his debt and he continues to get roped back in, and it's a good love story as well. Um, I'm just going to go and do Baby Driver because you've already talked about Blade Runner. Man, I thought you were going to say you were never really here. See, that's it's one of those things where I didn't, it didn't really come out until right, the year until after. Like 2018. Until yeah. 2018. So I couldn't consider that. But Fair even enough. so, Blade Runner and Baby Driver are miles ahead of that, in my opinion. Oh, um, 
but yeah, Baby Driver, Edgar Wright movie. Um, everyone does a phenomenal job. I mean, I just love how they literally make people's movements go with the music, you know, all the mm-hmm. actions that are going around them. Um, the sound mixing was phenomenal. Uh, and that is, you know, a great movie. But again, you know, nothing is Blade Runner. Those are two very, very good movies. So, yeah. Tanner, your top movie of 2018. I'd like to start with this one, please. Oh, Tanner, Tim, go Give ahead. It to Tim. Christopher Robin. Oh, boy. <laughs> He's waiting all night. To Tim talk about Christopher oh, Robin again. boy. Here we go. You'd think of all the other movies I could have watched from 2018, I'd have a new favorite, but y'all were wrong. Christopher Robin still stands strong, still makes me cry, still is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Max, have you seen it yet? No. <laughs> Tanner, have you seen it yet? No. <laughs> Jordan seen Jordan it. Jordan over there. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thanks, there Jordan. Go. Jordan. Uh, I mean, it's got our boy Ewan in it, so. It's got your dog Obi-Wan in it. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is in it. Um, Haley Atwell. And then a bunch of puppets, but it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, magical. It is a magical movie. Makes you laugh, makes you cry, gives you all the feels. Best bear of twenty eighteen. Yeah, right? he got he got snubbed from the Cinemaxies. I Best thought, bear. I thought we Best had a bear, bear awards. We did. But we who ended up award. winning the bear award? Paddington. Yeah, exactly. He got snubbed. Uh, he should have won. Paddington won. I strongly disagree. I strongly disagree. Well, you know what? yeah, you I, I love up. that we both cried at bear movies. I'll retell the story. I just love being this. Paige and I look at each other multiple times during those moments. It padded into where it's supposed to make the kids really emotional and cry, just because it's obviously putting the bear in, in perilous situations where you think he's gonna die, and and the kids probably getting really worked up. And Paige and I always looking at each other like fake crying, and then the end, <laughs> and then the end happens, and it was so touching, and I just started crying. <laughs> And Paige looks over and is like, are you crying for real? And I'm just like, <laughs> and I was legitimately sobbing. It was so touching. It was oh, so boy. good. So good. Well, um, I mean, people look at me like I've grown a second head when I talk about it, but the Paddington movies, like, I'm, I'm evangelical about them. Like, everyone needs to watch them. Yeah. I still haven't seen either. They're great, man. They are absolutely phenomenal. There's only, the there's only room for one bear in my heart. Dude, have you never seen the Paddington movies? Uh, no. All right. Uh, my number one movie of 2018. We'll go since we we'll, since you went first. I'll go second this time. Uh, is Leave No Trace. Um, amazing movie. I've talked about it before, but Ben Foster has an incredible performance in this thing. Um, but uh, also Thomas um, Thomason McKenzie is phenomenal. I thought she was one of the biggest snubs of award season. She is so good in this in this movie. Um, and Ben Foster plays an, an amazing, uh, um, you know, just a great emotional connection between the two of them. Very convincing. It's a father and daughter in a very odd situation. Um, and it, it's just great. I absolutely love this movie. It's got like a 100% Rotten Tomatoes score. You guys should definitely watch it. It's just a, it's a great I started film. watching it. It's, I mean, it's slow. I mean, you gotta, it's one of those movies you just kind of be ready for, but it's, it's good. Uh, but my honorable mentions that year, Paddington 2, um, Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Searching, which is a movie of uh, unlike any we've ever seen, takes place totally in social, like a, a, on a computer or on a phone uh, or a different device. It's never really on camera, which I thought was great. And I really liked Green Book that year too, um, mm-hmm. with with um, 
uh, oh my gosh, uh, Viggo Mortensen and uh, Mahershala Ali. Ali. I mm-hmm. thought it was a great feel-good movie, um, a great just a, a almost adventure movie in in a sort uh, in a way. Um, really, really liked it. There's a lot of honorable mentions for yeah. 18. It was a great. Uh, I was uh, well, actually that wasn't the best year for movies. I feel like, but it was. It was. It was a, they had a lot of salt. It was top it was heavy. Nothing that. Yeah, it wasn't like so. consistent. It was just kind of top heavy. Right. Yeah. Another honorable mention that I want to include Spider Verse. That was another solid yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, you were never really here, depending on if it came out in 2017 or 2018, and then First Man. Yeah. But Tanner, your number one of 2018. Uh, well, shout out to If Beale Street Could Talk, which was Barry Jenkins' next movie after Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, equally. Equally amazing. Maybe not equally. Not quite as good as Moonlight, but still wonderful. Um, Annihilation, Alex Garland's next film after Ex Machina. Uh, another, you know, contender in the the Bear Awards from mm. last year. Uh, but number one, y'all know what it is already, because we did this last year, but Hereditary. Yep. And I've said enough about it. Yep. And of course, our number one movie of 2019. Uh, we already we already talked about this in the beginning of the list here. Uh, Joker was my number one movie of 2019. Tim's number one movie in 2019 is also Joker, and Tanner's was uh, as it stands, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Um, so that is our top all 10. similar movies. Yes, very. Uh, that is our top ten of the decade list. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Maybe heard about some films that you haven't heard about in a long time, or maybe forgot about. Uh, definitely, uh, would love to hear what you guys th- think. If you go back to rewatch any of these, you always can use our voice messages app through the Anchor uh, app, and um, or you can send us you know messages or whatever. Um, so yeah, guys, that's gonna be it for today's episode. I really thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, this was exciting. I feel like a lot of people like list things and just kind of hearing different opinions on on stuff throughout the year and over the decade like this kind of matched up perfectly for that uh so i really hope you guys enjoyed it um we'll be back to regular scheduled programming next week uh with uh you can find us on pbs with uh, with, uh we're gonna go over some npr there's, there's NPR, plenty of movie NPR, news to talk about plenty serious of xm radio Chicago, thursday night that's Chicago the, public radio that's the one um find us at your local library where we record <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah, we have a you know uh, there's a lot of great movie news to talk about. We're also next week going to be doing our top ten most anticipated movies of 2020. That should be a fun episode. A lot of great films are coming here in 2020, and uh, hopefully, 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 and uh, we'll definitely be. We sure may to, never get the chance. Jeez, Tim, that's kind of dark. Hey man, that's life. <laughs> but yeah, top ten of uh, uh, most anticipated 2020 and movie news and various different opinions. You know what we do on this podcast? We just go week to week and uh, make it up as we go. And we're doing our best. We're doing, <laughs> we're doing our, our best. absolute best, and we're, we're still figuring things out. And we'll be doing another new Force Vision episode before too long, talking more Rise of Skywalker and things to come with Disney Plus's Kenobi series, Mandalorian finale, Mandalorian season two. There's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about there on the Force Vision podcast. Um, thank you guys so much again for listening and rejoining us here for our first podcast in a couple weeks uh, after the long holiday. Uh, we're ready for a big 2020 and lots of uh, cool things to come. Uh, you can follow us on Cinemaxtic, uh, at Cinemaxtic on Twitter, at Cinemaxticpod on Instagram. Cinemaxticpod at gmail.com is our email. 
Um, and of course, you can go to the Anchor app and leave us a voice message like you would call in via radio. We'd love to discuss it with you guys and uh, do some cool things. We also are going to have a really cool giveaway coming up here uh, in the Force Vision podcast. Maybe not this week, but the next uh, depending on when the thing gets in, but I'm pretty excited about that. I think it'd be fun for you guys to play for. It's going to be a cool, cool little prize for whoever wants to join. Um, but yeah, for my co-hosts here, Tanner Rush and Tim Reichmuth, I am your host, Max Leadham. Catch us next week for another episode of Cinemaxic. Uh, be sure to share this with your friends, family, and fellow movie lovers, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Yo. Yeah.